I'd like to begin by paying my respects to the Tawandari people, to the traditional custodies of this land where we are meeting upon today for its elders and past and presence. Welcome to Raising Our Voices in International Women's Day. I'm Lisa today. Today, Jane, I will be discussing issues for women with disabilities with our special guest, Kath McNamara. Hi, Kath. Hi, Jane. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to be a disability advocacy? Okay. Um, I think I grew up in a family that was um, certainly... um, clear about the need for equality and fairness um, and I went to a, um, a school that where we were very lucky to have a, a principal who was well ahead of her time both in terms of all social justice issues but particularly in raising um, and educating strong women uh, independent women so um, and we um, we had that ingrained in us at school um, I moved to Victoria a very long time ago, 1980, um, and uh, got a job as a what was called a preschool social worker. And I think at that stage I was more interested in the preschool side of it than the disability side. This was with Urala. Um, so I had an interest in young children and families, but working at Urala, I really had my eyes open to disability issues. Um, and the sort of level of injustice and the barriers that there are for disabled people. So, um, and uh, while I was working there, I had a life-changing experience in that I met my um, eventually-to-be husband, uh, Rob McNamara, who was a um, had severe disabilities himself and was a very strong disability advocate and activist. Um, so I sort of ended up combining both my passion for social justice and disability issues with my personal experience and, uh, you know, Rob and I from, uh, you know, all throughout our married life really were campaigning for things to improve for people with disabilities and I guess the one that we were particularly passionate about because Rob needed attendant support, um, that wasn't a funded service when we were first together so we had to pay for our own attendance Um we had lots of friends who um, volunteered their time. I did a lot of uh, Rob's support. So, um, yeah, it was a, a very uh, important issue for us to uh, to get that, um, that right to support, disability support. So, um, yeah, since then I got, you know, moved from working in service providers to um, disability advocacy, really because Rob um, and I were involved in the very beginning of um, both modelling attendant support and how it could work, but also um, we realised that there needed to be a separate organisation that campaigned on the right for disability support. So um we were involved in starting the Attendant Care Coalition, which eventually became the Disability Advocacy Organisation Action for Community Living um, and broadened its scope beyond just attendant support. 
Um, so, yeah, so from way back, I guess I've had that focus of um, systemic advocacy and um, changing things for um, all people with disabilities. Kath, um, you're currently working with um, at Women with Disabilities in Victoria. Can you tell us a bit about the group and its aims? Yes, um, we're an organisation run by women with disabilities for women with disabilities um, and we, uh, I guess, model what we preach. Um, the majority of the staff uh, are women with disabilities and I have a disability myself, My, I'm hard of hearing. Um, and um, I think all our board members or most of our board members are women with disabilities, so... Um, we, uh, we're, we're a systemic advocacy organisation that works on um, changing the um, systems so that they um, provide and uh, support the rights of women with disabilities. Um, just a bit about um, the numbers. You know, nearly one, one in five women in Victoria has some sort of disability and we're really on about um, a world where all women, um, regardless of um, ability or disability, um, can are respected and fully experience life. Um, I guess um, we concentrate on the areas where gender and um, disability sort of cross over, um, and you know there's. I think people are inclined to think that, oh, well, you know, the issues are the same for all people with disabilities, and they are in many ways, but there are also um, particular issues for women with disabilities, and um, even compared to men with disabilities, we are often more disadvantaged in a number of areas, and particularly um, income levels, um, safe housing and um, employment, we're, we're still behind. Um, so we're, we've got particular disadvantages and issues that are important to us and that's the areas that we focus on. Um, let's add to the discussion now with our own lived experience. Jane, can you tell us a bit about a living a, about what a woman with a disability got involved in advocacy? Yes, um, I started to get involved in self-agency in the 90s and I didn't know about my rights and all this because I didn't even know I had rights because of my institutional days that I was brought up in that we weren't even taught that. We were all just treated like a bunch of sheep put into one paddock to another paddock, we were. And um, once I started... Having being a self advocacy, I realised that there was a lot more out there for women, to women with a disability, and even for women without a disability, that they have a voice to be heard, that they can go to organisations for their help and support, and um, you know even to for Aboriginal women as well, they can even go to lawyers and that if they ever want to leave their partners and if they've been through a domestic violence as well. There's organisations that are out there that will actually help them and stand beside them and take them right through to where they want to go. 
Like, you know, because of his, um, you only live once on this planet, you have to remember that. No, maybe twice. Well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but these organisations out there, there's the lawyers for the Aboriginals and, you know, if they want to take the their partners to court and put a restriction order on them, which I did, and um, if they want to live on their own, and if they do, they are a free as a bird. Um, let's. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> you go. Let's add to this discussion with our own lived experience. Jane, can you tell us a bit about why, as a woman, oh no, we've done that. Lisa, why did you get involved in Agivacy? Um, well, I went to um, Saru straight after my rehabilitation at the Talbot. And it just seemed natural to me that you'd get involved with any sort of justice and advocacy was the one offered. So that's what I got involved with. As women with disabilities, do we face similar issues to all women? We actually do um, face a lot of issues for women with a disability. Um, One of them is domestic violence. And another one is um, women and even women without a disability and with a disability who have been brought up in institutions, they sometimes think that they are not still believed. You don't have to have been brought up in an institution to believe that. But... Because I I speak for us all now. Mm. I I think that we all believe that we're not believed. I agree with you there. Yeah. Yes. I think some of the things that are common to all women is that we um, are not taken as seriously as men often. Um, We're seen as passive, um, not as capable. We're seen as not as capable. Um, We get pushed into sort of role stereotypes of what's suitable for women and, you know, that's your job and, you know, you can't move into men's areas. So I think that happens for all women. Um, things like access to good health care, I think, is um, often tougher for women. And access to employment and promotion, I think, is um, tough for all women. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole lot of issues, I think, we have in common. And I'll just quickly bring it up while I think of it. Right up in Alice Springs, right up in the Northern Territory, I know that's a lot of bushes out there. But there is organisations that is up there for women with a disability and without a disability if they want to go for their support up there as well. Mm. Yes. Mm. What issues do women with disabilities face that may be different to other women? Um, I I think that... um, Physical access to places is one of the things that may where there's a difference. Um, actually, even getting into a women's, you know, even if there's a women's health centre, sometimes getting in there can be an issue. Or, you know, even if there's a a good GP or a good um, gynaecologist or whatever, they often their premises are not accessible. Mm. Or, you know, to get onto the examination table. Um, you know, that's not possible often for for women if the practice hasn't thought about that. So um, I think that physical access issue is something that we, you know, we face that other women don't face. But um, 
And I think that that often it's the degree of things, like the degree of violence against women. I was going to yeah. say that too. Yeah. The degree more than anything yeah. else. Yeah, I mean yeah. one one in in two women with a disability will experience violence, and that's just you know at a, an incredible rate, really, to uh, to expect that that's likely in your lifetime. Um, we I think we experience more employment disadvantage because people you know not only are we women but we're also you know we're we're viewed as about what we can't do rather than what we can do Mm -hmm. um so those low expectations i think are just massive for women with disabilities which that in turn i believe reflects on our our um, own kind of self-confidence yes yeah absolutely it's hard to believe in yourself when you know that society doesn't believe in you. Yes. And that's yes. another thing, um, like even today, pe- women with a disability are still being put down from, you know, mm. that they can't stand up for themselves, which they can. Yes. And do you know what I mean? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> and they have got their voice out there, Yeah. you know, because they say p- with, a, with a disability... Women with disabilities and even men, um, they have a lot cluier. They are, and they can work out a lot, th- lot of um, different things. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. 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 Often because of our disadvantage, we're actually more resilient, and you know we've had to fight harder, if you like, for the things that we have and um, the things that we've achieved. So often that gives us more wisdom and Mm. more resilience, so, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. Now, let's have a song from Titties with my sisters beside me. Deadly! (laughs) Welcome back to Raising Our Voices on International Women's Day. I hope you all love that song, Sisters from Titties. Before we that great song, we were talking about the issues we face as women with disabilities. What do you? Th- what do we all think needs to happen to improve the lives of women with disabilities? At Women with Disabilities, Victoria, what work have you been doing, Kath, to address these issues? Um maybe could could we go back about um to some what some of the issues are and what we need to do to improve the lives of women yeah um i think um one of the big things is about you know we need people to listen to us mm. um we need people to believe us um, and to take us seriously yeah yeah that's right that's exactly right to be- expect more from us to be patient yep yep and treat I think, us human as human beings. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And I think, Lisa, as you said before, we need to believe in ourselves. Um, and that's one of the, um, the things that we're doing at Women with Disabilities. Um, we have one of our programs is the Women's Empowerment Program. And um, we run, um, as part of that, we run... Um, leadership programs for women with disabilities Um, and a lot of that program focuses on um, identifying as women 
and also being proud as women with disabilities. So um, it's about recognising the skills that we have and sort of building on those skills and building on our confidence in ourselves and our pride in ourselves. So that's a really big focus of that um, program, as well as learning advocacy and leadership skills. Although that can be quite difficult. Yeah, yeah, which is Especially why... Especially when you have to face society. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's one of the reasons why we think this program is needed, um, because it is, you know, women with disabilities have been kind of undermined often throughout their life. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think for particularly for women who are born with a disability, um, often the disability has been the thing that's been focused on. So you lose um, touch with yourself as a woman. Mm. And I think it's really important that women with disabilities sort of get in touch with that, you know, identify as strongly as women and with the sisterhood of women, um, as well as um, people with a disability. So that's one of the things we really um, sort of push on. Can I just, at a point, well, um, say something in regards mm. to women mm. with disabilities? With an acquired disability, mm. it can be hard because you actually know both worlds or you get yes. to learn both worlds. Yes. And you realise disadvantage to the maximum in the latter world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing on women with a disability. Sometimes they have been looked down instead of being treated normal as well. Mm. You know, they yeah. say, oh, yeah, she's got mm. a disability. I can take advantage of her and yeah. that, you know, yeah. and it's not right. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. If I can just talk about a couple of other areas of our work, I mean, as, as we've talked about, violence against women with disabilities is a big issue and we've done a lot of work and continue to do a lot of work around that issue and our policy worker, Jen Hargraves, has just done a wonderful job in um, submissions and um, working with government and services to really raise... Um, raise this issue and um, and get it addressed. So um, you know, and with the royal uh, royal commissions that have been on, um, we've been really vi- busy in that um, in that sphere. And uh, probably the other main um, program that we have that sort of works to try and improve things for women is the gender and disability workforce. So that's concentrating on. Um, influencing services and educating workers in services um, about the gender and disability issues for uh, for women and getting them to understand that and build into their work um, th- things that address those issues. Let's talk about the NDIS. It could help improve the lives of women with a disability, but how how do we make sure it does? Well, the NDIS is um, for women um, who've been through trauma and who've grown up in institutions, been sexually abused, physical abused, traumatised and that. And even there's a Royal Commission that I've been travelling around with talking to Indigenous women um, and men and... um, you know, travelling around, letting them know that the Royal Commission is all about institutions, sexually abuse and what they've been through and all that. 
Mm. So, I mean, the NDIS is for all people with disabilities who need um, support to um, to have, um, you know, a good quality of daily life. But um, you're right, Jane, it'll, it will really help women in those situations. Yeah. But I think we're all, as advocates... Um, going to need to be vigilant because um, the NDIS is absolutely wonderful in principle and it's a really important reform, but it can so easily go wrong if we're not um, making sure that um, and speaking up about, um, you know, the, the restrictions that are sometimes put on by bureaucracy and red tape. So I think um, we've we've all, as advocates, got to be vigilant. Um some of the things that we're doing at um, Women with Disabilities is um, we've already, we've developed a fact sheet quite a long time ago about um, before the actual rollout started about the NDIS and that includes a checklist about all the things that women need to think about before their planning starts um, and just getting information I think is really important. And in line with that, one of the things we're doing at the moment, and that's the thing that I'm working on, is um, we're um, developing a module for the leadership program, which will be um, provide information about um, the NDIS for women, but also um, develop the skills that women need to confidently engage with the NDIS, like we talked about, Lisa, that... Um, it's often hard to feel confident about your rights and to be assertive, and that's one of the things we re- stress in the program. So we'll have um, um, we want to hear from women, and that's one thing I'd really like to let people know. We're we're really interested in hearing from women with disabilities about what you think is the best way um, for to get this information across. Um, to women with disabilities and to develop those skills. If you've got ideas about particular things that you need to know as a woman and the way you'd like to get that information and develop those skills, then um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah, my my phone number um, it, at Women with Disabilities, actually, I think if I give you the main number, 9286 78 Zero zero is the um, switchboard number. I only work part time, so I'm often not there. But um, you'll always get through to somebody on that number and leave a message. Yeah. As as women and as a community, we've come a long, long way, and we should celebrate what has changed. Do we all think? I'm stuck there. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose we can vote. That's something. (laughs) That happened quite a long time ago. Australia was one of the leaders in that, actually. Mm. Um, Yeah, I think think generally speaking, things have improved for women a lot, certainly. I've been around for a long time, so I've I've seen... uh, seen a lot of change in this area and I think women are taken more seriously. 
um, and do have better prospects for employment and things these days and for education. Um, and I think in the violence area, um, there is certainly, I think now violence against women is really now recognised as a gender issue um, not just a violence issue so and it's you know it's it's part it's one of the things that needs to be addressed in our culture and I think that's recognized now so that but how would it be addressed in culturally um I think that's starting to happen with just even the royal commissions and the whole focus on recognizing that um um violence is about power and um it's about you know men in the main it's about men exercising power over women and that's and not necessarily not necessarily physical power is it no that's right no, yeah. even like with just the voice and the body language of mm. men mm. um against women that's still discrimination that is and um, they think that they've got the hand over the woman, they think. Mm. That's mm. how I see it because mm. I've been through it myself, I have. And um, it shouldn't be that way. It should be like being treated all equal, not being like one side which I had to go through. Yeah. Theoretically, that sounds lovely. Theoretically. But practically, it's another issue altogether. Mm. Mm. Good of you there. Um, looking to the future, Kath, what more needs to be done, do you think? Um, I think in some ways it's more of the same. I think that we, you know, we need to get um, more strongly across to the community and especially to men, I guess, about when, and we need men to do their bit about standing up for the rights of women and um, standing up against violence with, uh, against women. So um, and and to recognise that um, just our society is kind of um, still skewed a bit towards men a um, bit well <laughs> a lot um, and um, and that they you know they have their bit to do um, and we all have to change that um, that bias if you like against women. So there's, a, there's still some uh, community education work to be done, I think. Um, thanks to all our panel members, Jane, me, and our special guest, Kath McNamara from Women with Disabilities Victoria, for participating in raising our voices on International Women's Day. Tune in next time on the second Wednesday of the month at 6pm for Raising Our Voices on 3CR. Up next is Terminal Voices.